0: Welcome, folks, to episode one of Bon Voyage. I'm Rob. And I'm Adam. This episode, we will be starting our beautiful vacation with chronologically the first story, Ian Fleming's first novel, Daniel Craig's first outing. That's Casino Royale. The, As if you've listened to the intro episode, the one memory adam had of bond was him sitting naked (laughs) on a chair getting whipped in the balls so he gets to see that again
1: (laughs) that's my association with the series do you have any other thoughts about it i have yeah like vague memory of a casino and a woman (laughs) yeah you mentioned that and (laughs) that sorry to interrupt you mentioned that in the intro uh i remember a casino it's so
0: funny that you said that because one of the things he's it's not just casino real bond and a attacks in a casino yeah. is like in if that's missing in a movie it loses points for yeah, a lot of people yeah. myself included bond confidently strolling through a casino is mm. like that's that box needs to be checked for it to be a 10 out of 10 bond movie for me mm-hmm. yeah so when you're like like to me the casino is more important than a martini so when you said, I think there's a casino in one of them, that's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you uh, know the song? That's one thing we didn't mention uh, in the intro. I was telling you about all the tropes, how there's a uh, formula, that there's things in each one. So every Bond movie has a theme song. Do you know the
1: casino? I can't. I can't think of the song. I like it a lot. Do you know Chris Cornell? Uh, he's Soundgarden or something? No. Yes, again, Hmm. the
0: this theme doesn't get a lot of love, but I, I like it a lot. What's the song called? You know my name You know my name. Okay. Yeah, so these the theme songs are usually from the point of view of the villain a woman Like loving bond or afraid of bond or from bond himself Cool. I think roughly. I mean we'll we'll track that. Mm. Some of them are confusing as hell and make no sense. They just sound cool and go well with the images. As you'll see, there's always a title sequence that the song plays over. yeah and that's also really important to get a 10 out of 10 for me.
1: Uh, so what year did Casino Royale come out? 5 I think this is a good one to start for me because uh, I was a teenager from you know around I mean 05 I would have been uh, 10 right years old so this is like daniel craig is quote unquote my bond and whatever association i have Uh, this is good
0: to put you into the my shoes a little bit this was my first year university it came out like i moved to residence in september it comes out in november and i was skeptical die another day was brutal i had checked it that was brosnan's last the one before it I didn't know who Daniel Craig was, really. I, like most people, was not excited when he was named Bond. I had retreated into the like, the Connery days. Those were the only ones I thought Bond was done. And there, are like, man. Actually, basically, as soon as the MGM logo goes down, I was in like mm-hmm. the, as you'll, I mean, we'll talk more about the movie after we watch it. But there are so many moments where I'm just like, oh my God, it's perfect. They nailed it there. But I was skeptical when it came out and mm-hmm. they saved the series with this one yeah
1: this yeah. is it's, so this is first the first one by daniel Craig yes as yeah and
0: Bond. it the series needed a reboot a lot of people like to pretend that it's uh not even pretend they're probably correct and i even think eon productions said this that it is a reboot that it's starting over mm-hmm. i don't as i told you in the intro i don't really look at it like that uh, to me it's, it's so it takes place in 05 i don't care it's still james bond's first mission and it can like Dr. No can take place after that, as far as I'm concerned. It's still the same guy, the same character, all throughout. Mm-hmm. Most people like to think Daniel Craig's Bond is its own story. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that. All right, sure. <laughs> so that, that's not how we're going to watch it, but it'll be interesting to get your take on that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot weighing on this one. Mm-hmm. The director is the same director of Goldeneye. It's his okay. second time doing a Bond movie.
1: Who's the director?
0: Uh, Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell. He's done a few. He just did a movie a couple of years ago that was really good with Brosnan and Jackie Chan, actually. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. And this was the first book you said? Yes. First book. So back to basics.
0: He's a He's a grounded and serious Bond. No campiness. Yeah. Back to his original mission. Uh, yeah, it's a good place to start, I think. I often... You're saying it's a good place to start. Whenever I'm introducing Bond to new people, I usually tell them to watch this one first. It's it's setting up a lot of the other ones to be what some people might say boring or dated or whatever that's the risk you're starting off with this one was my favorite for a long time it's Mm -hmm. not really anymore but it's still top five it's Mm -hmm. like my third or fourth favorite one so i'm a little bit hesitant to start with one of my favorites because we're starting so high but uh it's a really good place to start for so many reasons like you said it's Mm -hmm. when you were a teenager it's action-packed it's mm-hmm. sexy it's it's just so good on yeah. every level you you want to start out strong
1: yeah i was gonna say you want to s- start high and then you'll have more tolerance for the the worst ones right kind it, of. as i've
0: said many times like almost without exception even the worst bond is better than any other movie
1: so <laughs> like yeah. it's i'm definitely when, gonna challenge you <laughs> <with them> now <laughs> yeah
0: I, I mostly say that as a joke i don't yeah. really believe that uh-huh. but uh they're always fun to watch mm-hmm. i mean Except for a couple. There there are some fucking... There are some doozies.
1: Some doozies. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think we'll go watch it, and then we'll come back and talk about it.
1: Sounds good. All right,
0: buddy. <laughs> and we're back. I... Uh... As you'll see as this podcast goes forth, if you haven't gathered already, I can talk a lot. I want you to talk right now. What
1: were your impressions? Um, hmm. So at the beginning, mm-hmm. I had this reaction, and this is the reaction I have to a lot of action movies, where I'm like... This is just, like, that chase scene. They're, like, just, like, what about these poor construction workers and their (laughs) lives and, like, you know, like... like... There
0: are a lot of fatalities early. Those poor construction guys. Yeah,
1: they're just, like, trying to build this building and they just don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. There's
0: one crazy guy who has a torch who's, like, trying to fight the parkour guy. Did you Uh, notice the guy with the torch swinging at him? That's crazy. He, like, kicked him off and... Uh, Yeah, fell to the
1: bottom of that construction site, and there was that huge explosion. Yeah, that's funny. So funny. So I'm just like, wow. Like, what is the, what is the point of this? And I'm like, that's my problem with action movies. Sometimes I'm just like, it's just like a chase scene, a car chase, a fight scene. Um, But then I like reminded myself during it. I was like, that's like what this is in a way. Like you just have to like sit with that and appreciate that and enjoy that like for the fun of it. And
0: Uh, it's funny. I was. Aware of it. Like, we had that really cool intro. I don't know mm-hmm. if we should talk about the movie in chronological order or not. So, we're jumping the pre title sequence and the title sequence. And then there's the guy getting the money, Lashif getting the money. And then there's the chase through Madagascar. That's what you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. The foot chase, the, the parkour scene. chase. Parkour. Like, we have this really cool intro, the black and white thing, mm-hmm. him, him getting his second kill and a pretty good title sequence. And then this mm-hmm. mysterious villain getting all this cash in Africa, and then yeah, this generic, Just long like ass foot super cha- which, long, yeah. But it it is exceptionally cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Very like, well done.
0: Yeah, all real stunts. Like mm-hmm. there's when when they finally make it to the top of the crane, and uh, there's a helicopter shot. This is before drones, and it's pretty far away. Like those are real. I'm sure it's not Daniel Craig and that mm-hmm. other guy, but there's actual people up there on that crane fighting. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I should have mentioned in the in our intro episode, that one of the things that I love so much about this series are the stunts. It's, you know, there's no CG going on. These are real people. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of fatalities, uh, unfortunately, of stunt people who have died or been mm-hmm. seriously injured yeah. throughout this franchise is pretty crazy. Like they go for it to, to uh, make it authentic. And mm-hmm. you do get that, at least. But I am with you a little bit that it's kind of boring. And
1: yeah i mean b- boring is not even the right word it's just like um like one dimensional in a way it, it feels yeah. like it at first but then if you like kind of let yourself just like enjoy it a- exactly. and and just appreciate like and not think like oh like you know the plot holes of like these poor not even holes but like the inconsiderate oh poor construction workers and imagine stuff. a you just have to it's suspension of disbelief sh- right a little bit a little bit
0: it, it's it's funny to imagine like like family guy would spoof this really well where they would cut from that chase and then follow the story of the construction worker that man who died and his whole family like he's just a guy building this thing in madagascar and some asshole trying to provide
1: for his his family (laughs) somewhere even poorer or something yeah yeah yeah
0: all right well aside from those poor construction workers was there anything i mean I think I mentioned to you while we were watching a thing that comes up in the Bond movies a lot is something that was cool uh, at the time or just new. they'll do that. So in this one, it was parkour. There's an episode, not an episode a a movie where he snowboards early before snowboarding was a thing. Like it had just started. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites, but it's a pretty bad movie. What stood out in that action scene? Once you settled in and accepted, we're just in for it was there anything very cool about it
1: yeah i mean you mentioned that it was like this parkour guy so then my brain was like oh man that guy's really good at parkour yeah right i don't know if i would have like noticed it the same way if you didn't mention it but it looked like a lot of cool stunts and stuff like that Uh, and yeah just like an exciting sequence you know how before we watched it i said
0: there were a few moments early in the movie when i saw it in the theater where i was like okay i'm in dango Mm -hmm. craig's the man and other people have said this, but I'm with them. When he uh when they're climbing up the construction site, get on the top of the crane and Buddy goes to shoot him. He's out of ammo and biffs the pistol at him and mm-hmm. he just catches it and throws it back. Yeah, no, and that's good. That's amazing. And how smooth the other guy is, like he jumps to the one crane, lands yeah. it perfectly, then jumps onto that building and he's fine. But Craig jumps and it looks like it hurts every yeah, step of the yeah. way. He's so I not really... smooth
1: really liked that part because it was like he's like he's not perfect like right, he's he right. freaking goes for it and like like hurts himself and but like in this movie it's uh, it seems like one of his you know virtues or his skills is like uh perseverance right you know like absolutely especially obviously in fine. the in the end with the the torture scene and stuff like that you're like yeah it's not that he's necessarily the most skilled in the world at everything but
0: yeah early on especially do. like that whole scene how he like that chase, and he's blowing up a construction site. He stole a huge plow.
1: A forklift or something, right? Was
0: it a forklift? It looked like it, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. Like he's certainly not being a spy. Blasts into an, <laughs> blasts into yeah, an embassy. Reckless,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Blows up a bunch of dudes. It looked like most of them survived, except for the bomb maker. He straight up executed that. He guy.
1: does, like, consistently through that movie, just blow the hell out of places like that building in Venice at the end and, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, he snaps at the end. But I used to say that about Casino Royale, but then on this watch, I noticed how much more of a spy he is than I realized. Like in the airport scene when he's tracking the new bomb maker, uh, like how he picks up a magazine and reads it. And a lot of the way, he's being a lot more sneaky than I realized. Mm-hmm. Like at the start of the movie, he's just a new agent and is just blasting through everything. But eventually he starts to calm down and do what a spy is supposed to do. Just track people and wait for the right moment to engage. Mm. But by and large, Craig is definitely just a, just, just all-in. Freaking going for all-in. It's yeah. the gambling thing. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, right up to dropping his cover and everything and just introducing himself as, by his actual name. Yeah, James Bond anyway before we even go further what did you think of the black and white intro Mm. that you had did you recognize the gun barrel like i I know i mentioned it were you expecting that from the video game or from anything else you had seen no
1: No? like it 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 rings familiar a little bit but it's not something i was expecting at all right because
0: there's a few reasons why this one isn't the best one to start with because there's no gun barrel there's no money penny there's a few other things that aren't in it but it really does set it up really well for the most part but yeah mm. no gun barrel what did you think of the uh title sequence
1: yeah the black and white thing threw me off a little bit um but then i was yeah it was just like oh like this is trying to connect it to the older uh tradition of it it'll it'll be interesting maybe something we should do
0: going forward is like we don't need to rewatch all of the movies obviously but going back through the uh, Just title sequences or pre-title sequences. This is the first one you've seen mm-hmm. So you've got no context to compare it to other ones. Yeah, yeah, like there are some that are just
1: dull and some that are really good This one's pretty good and the animation was cool too. Just all the the cards and stuff with the Soundgards or no, Chris Cornell song. Yeah. 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 For
0: sure. I made a little checklist You know how in the intro I said there are there's a formula that it follows mm-hmm. to get a high ranking for me, you need to check off certain boxes. So, a good villain. What did you think of the bad guy?
1: I did like him. I think he could have been flushed out a little more, a little earlier, maybe. Right. Because uh, he was just kind of like creepy guy who bleeds from his eye once or twice. The once whole or movie. twice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's a key thing that you'll notice: the villain with some kind of deformity. Yeah. Like right from the get go, in the original one, Dr. No has a pretty obvious deformity. The best villains always have some kind of weird quirk or deformity mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I, I want, like you said it jokingly in passing of like a, the bond is like an ableist <laughs> yeah jerk. Like, I know I'll be in trouble when I start weeping blood yeah like, yeah bro he can't help that yeah it's good. <laughs> but it's it's you mentioned like all the villains have like some deformity and that is kind of some ableist bullshit right yeah kind of <laughs> you're right and come to think
0: of it maybe it's just the ones that really stand out do but there's quite a few also but i that think don't outside all.
1: of bond that's like a trope for sure right? yeah you know the scar always... across the eye thing
0: right right that's so funny did you notice the score through you're a music guy did mm-hmm. you notice the theme song coming up in the score yeah like the... for sure when i was a kid even early Maybe even as a teenager, I never noticed that, like watching some of the other movies, I know the songs very well. I've always listened to the songs. I didn't notice that in an action scene, the composer of the score took the theme and mm-hmm. put it into it, like that's something I only noticed as an adult, yeah, and it comes up in this movie a lot that yeah, yeah,
1: I mean. You, like, noticed at near the end where, like, first kind of is, like, it gets more and more obvious as the movie goes on. It's, like, a little subtle at the beginning. Well, what uh, I mentioned was the first time when he puts the tux on, exactly. not, not just the, yeah.
0: not, sorry, I meant the theme, like, the Chris Cornell song.
1: Oh, I see. I see. They
0: interject whatever the theme of the movie is. Mm-hmm. But what I was talking about Think in so. that when he put his tux his on actual Bond the actual, they yeah, the yeah, yeah, original doctor, uh, yeah, the Doctor No theme.
1: No, but the Cornell thing is good. I didn't notice it as much because I don't I'm not as familiar with the Cornell song as sure. I am the Bond theme. But it's great that they did that, like the musical consistency there. Um, is really good. Yeah.
0: Going forward, now that I pointed out when if you listen to the. The pre-title, or sorry, the title sequence song, whatever the theme song is, you'll then hear it through mm-hmm. motifs through the score throughout the movie nice. too. Nice, that's good. To look out for, yeah. Oh, I mentioned the uh, the Aston Martin flipping.
1: Mm. yeah the world record car flips you said yeah
0: like apparently they did it once and it only flipped like once or twice so then they went to redo it and one of the special effects guys recommended they put in a little ramp I don't know if it was like a hydraulic thing that popped it up or mm. if it was just a ramp to like encourage it to flip whatever it was worked better than they even anticipated obviously yeah. and it got the world record at the time I don't know if it's been broken yeah, since yeah. for how many flips from one wreck
1: and yeah, Aston Martin wanted to pull their ad, like, because it, it made their vehicle look so dangerous. It, it's so funny because, like, it was not called for in that scene. Like, it wasn't like the craziest like car accident or, or swerve or whatever, right? Like, he just swerved out of the way of the of the girl on the road, right? Right. And so you wouldn't expect like such a, a a world record flip in that case. The way I took it when I first
0: saw it, and I think it still holds true one of the things that the movies were known for and this movie often was kind of going against what they're known for or trying to be more subtle so he hops into his car he's chasing down the guys who just stole his girl you're strapping in for a good bond car chase the old mm-hmm. movies a lot of them had a really good uh car chase in them so it's like we're about to have one of those but it's like eight seconds long and yeah. then he destroys his car It's almost like a middle finger to people who are expecting a really good car Mm -hmm. chase. To, like, Like,
1: redefine it kind of thing. Yeah, sort of.
0: Like, not only are you not getting that, we're going to destroy him right away. Like, he doesn't even get to get going and destroys his vehicle in such a magnificent way.
1: It it was funny because I do remember noticing the cut to that scene was pretty, like it was like a a drastic cut I guess like yeah because I think he was they were it was like in the parking lot and then all of a sudden in like this road that looks like it's the middle of nowhere right yeah they got out of the city quick. yeah exactly like it cut right to that and then like yeah like you said like eight seconds in, he's like flipping over and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely like probably one of the more jarring moments of the movie also uh, a thing that it hits was the oh the wise
0: old man ally Uh, Mathis. Mm. So there's often that character. He arrives at his location and it's either like section chief of whatever station or Mm -hmm. a representative from the French government, some ally or whatever. That Mm -hmm. character's often there and Mathis is one of my favorites although is he bad or isn't he what did you think of that character
1: yeah i think he was okay i when he first came in i was kind of like who is this guy why do we care kind of thing like and maybe that's my problem again with action movies sometimes is things are pretty under explained and not like i want everything (laughs) to be laid out for me but like i I think people I said just that go like, with it.
0: <laughs> there's a reason I've watched all of these movies five times each. They yeah. are a little bit like you're distracted by the action and the beautiful people and the costumes and the locations. Well, it's and, hard to follow. And people just don't
1: question it. They're like, yeah, I'm this guy. And you're like, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Oh, you're <laughs> cool. bad now? Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I accept it. No questions asked. Something that I
0: really noticed with Mathis this time was the, I think I mentioned it while we were watching. One of my biggest pet beefs, not just in Bond, in any movie, is exposition dialogue when mm. they're just explaining to the audience what's going on. Him explaining to Vesper how poker works, and yeah. he has to go all in to match his bluff, to yeah. call his bluff. Yeah. Or like, I, we know, by Just like, yeah. Yeah, like that dialogue. He wouldn't say that actually to her. Like, it's not real dialogue. No.
1: no. And it, it, like, the whole rule of thumb, right? A show, don't tell and they're just like this is happening (laughs) yeah (laughs) be be excited or tense right exactly this is a really risky move that james is doing right now Mm -hmm. if you're not paying everything is on the line pay
0: attention yeah there are only five people left they are all wait only (laughs) actually yeah there's the one scene uh when bond first loses all of his money you know that's not going to be it Everybody else is still playing. Like, yeah,
1: exactly. There
0: are still eight other people besides Lashif and Bond playing. Hmm. Clearly, one of them isn't going gonna go out. Imagine Bond won that, and then the rest of the movie he has to beat the other no name. Yeah, yeah. He could just get unlucky. Avatars and, like, lose. that are just there. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That's another really hilarious thing about this movie that isn't talked about enough. Those other guys at the poker table.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
0: giant. Man, the Asian dude with the ponytail, the tiny lady. They're such cliches. It's so funny. Uh, Mathis, Mathis. Do you think he was bad in the end? Or was it so? He said it was Mathis that gave my mm-hmm. tell. but presumably it could be, could uh, be. Vesper because she was playing both sides because Lashif's people had her man. Did you catch all of that? Yes. Because M was like, we can let Lashif Le go now, right? And Bomb was like, no, just because we only know that she was guilty, not that he's innocent.
1: Let Mathis go, you mean, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah I did catch all that, but I don't, I guess Mathis could be fine, but well, I don't know. That will come up. In our next
0: episode, because he is in quantum. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, check on a casino. We got Bond looking cool as shit, walk strutting through a casino.
1: Mm-hmm. We had two different casinos and a museum exhibit, casino display. <laughs> so. Yeah. Three casinos. That
0: threw you a bit, eh?
1: Yeah, because I think I looked down for a second. I look <laughs> up and there's some, you know, skeletons at a. Yeah, at exactly. A table. It's like a
0: we met a character that will come up a lot, played by many different actors, Felix Leiter, the CIA guy.
1: Yes. He's yeah.
0: he's in a lot of them. The
1: character. But different actors. Different yeah.
0: Jeffrey Wright plays him in this one and in Quantum, and he's back in No Time to Die. He's not in Skyfall or Spectre, the other two Daniel Craig ones. But this, this same actor, I mean, he's back with the next one. I think five or six guys play him throughout the rest of the series. Not much to talk about. I love Felix. He
1: seemed like a cool character. I liked that there's like a CIA alternative, kind of.
0: Yeah, he's often his American liaison. There's another Mm -hmm. guy, Jack Wade, who comes up once in a while, but he's less cool than Felix. The Bond girls, the first... What did you think of the first
1: lady on the horse? You you chuckled. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was just so... uh, again just such a funny like freaking cliche trope like there's just like oh look there's a hot girl she's on a freaking white horse on the <laughs> beach like kids and, chasing her <laughs> and just yeah and like the shots of her just in like it's like his eyes and then it's like her looking hot and then there's like ooh la la yeah. and then you like see her come back later oh he's the you know this villains wife or whatever and you're like oh where is this gonna go and if like it goes exactly the way you would think except for her brutal death but then minutes I wasn't surprised at right. all. I was like, of That's course. Funny. All right. What about Vesper? Yeah, she was cool. She was a little bit, um, now that I'm like reflecting on it, like she's kind of like a Zoe Deschanel, manic pixie dream girl, not like other girls kind of character. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, oh, yeah. I'm actually like your equal and cool and stuff like that. But trust me, after we go through some of the other ones, you'll long for that.
0: Rather than, yeah. it's like she's not a damsel.
1: Yeah, I I, until she
0: is until she's in the middle of the road and he has to wreck his Aston Martin. But (laughs) typically she's not a damsel. She is his his equal when it comes to banter on a train.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene was really cool. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. One of my favorite movies. Uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet do banter on a train in that movie. Oh, I forgot Um, about that scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Really good banter. Uh, After we
0: watch a couple more of these, you'll see some Bond influence there, I bet.
1: In Eternal Sunshine?
0: Well, any time there's a train scene in any other movie, I always think of Bond. Because there's so many scenes on a train. And Mm. they did it first. Almost everything they did first. These movies have been around since 62.
1: There's no scenes on trains
0: before then? (laughs) Not like that. There were. I mean, the first film ever was the train robbery. But as I was saying um while we were watching so much used to be done in hollywood creating sets mm. these they actually shoot on trains and they they go to these locations and stuff they they just completely changed uh the way things were done mm. you're right of course there were scenes on movies before but they yeah yeah they definitely changed the train in film sure. <laughs> that that and the murder on the Orient
1: express <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think neither of those are super related to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but. Well, uh, I'm trying to remember that scene now, and it is a bit like. It's a cutesy like combo scene. It's yeah, like, yeah. Though I think that movie did come out before Casino Royale, by like a year or two.
0: Right, but From Russia with Love was '63 or '64, and there's it's, a. really rip- a
1: cutesy train combo. Scene. There's a
0: really intense scene between Bond, the Bond girl, and the key henchman or villain. Mm. It's, no, it's not cutesy. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a what lot of conversation about, probably over not dinner. related. Yeah, you're right. But, I, uh, I like to uh, give credit to Bond completely where it's not due, as well <laughs> as where it's due. <laughs> uh,
1: I do really love train drama and crime. And what, like oh, nice. one of my most nostalgic experiences with that is in the game Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. There's a whole level that's a train murder mystery. Oh, really? (laughs) Do you like murder on the uh, Orient Express? Have you seen the original? Uh, I'm trying to remember now if I've seen it, and I think I have, and I think I like it. But I probably like it. I can't remember. The
0: remake that... uh, I might have seen the remake, actually. His name escapes me. Anyway, that's good and positively sidetracked. One thing that was missing, that's my favorite part of especially the old ones, is a big set. Like in the old ones you'll see they'll show like the Kremlin they'll show uh the Russian council in this gigantic beautiful room mm-hmm. that they built just for that movie and like the amount of detail and how crazy it is really it sets itself apart from any other movie of its time and that for sure many movies to come were inspired by like Spielberg was definitely mm-hmm. inspired by the set design of Ken Adam that was the set designer back in the day so these new ones lack that or maybe it's just because cameras look so good now or what like the digital photography is just so different or CG hides it or it's just like I don't know what it is but you don't get the scope of those gigantic amazing sets mm-hmm. or everything's so fast-paced like there's in Dr. No which we'll watch in a few weeks. Towards the end, he's walking through Dr. No's lair, and it's a really kind of, a lot of people might call it a boring scene, but he's just walking through this gigantic set, and the camera is up pretty high, kind of panning as he's walking through, trying to get to a control center. And it's like this outrageous thing that no way that room exists anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in our minds, you know, that Russia or North Korea has this secret evil lair like that. Like, it's yeah. like, it's the stuff from Austin Powers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's missing from the new ones. Those big lairs are a giant villain table. That doesn't mm-hmm. come back until Spectre. That that does make it into one of Daniel Craig's movies. Like okay. the the big scope of it all isn't really in it. It's kind of just like another two thousands action movie
1: mm-hmm. with
0: James with the character of James Bond there. We don't have money penny, we don't have Q, we don't have the sets. There are some things definitely missing from mm-hmm. the formula for me. I that that won't matter as much to you yet, obviously. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say like, yeah, none of that you know, matters to me at all. I have nothing to compare it to, but I kind of appreciate that they did that. If this is kind of a reboot, kind of like it's a new actor for it, it like gives them more space to make those choices rather than just ticking all the boxes right away.
0: Right, and it makes it all the more rewarding when those guys do start to come in in Skyfall and Inspector, like when the gang starts to come together and it actually, like they're building it from the ground up, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Because the original movie in Dr. No in 62, You just come in and he's on a mission you Mm -hmm. don't get any of that like everything all the pieces are already in place Mm -hmm. Which is cool, but yeah, you're right seeing it built from the ground up like this is pretty cool,
1: especially for um, You know like someone like me like this again Daniel Craig would be my James Bond, right? Like I would have no You know, I wasn't alive or conscious enough to watch old James Bond movies So this would be just like this is James Bond to me, you know, right, right?
0: Yeah, and removing Having none of that context, you're not missing anything.
1: I I guess
0: I'm just going back and forth on whether or not this is the right one to start with. And I think I'm leaning mostly that it was. It's too bad that it's missing some of those elements. But, oh yeah, the the big thing, one of the biggest gripes with Bond when we go back to the old ones is that he's kind of an asshole sometimes. He treats women Mm -hmm. terribly. But starting with this one, he was willing to quit. He was you know he was mm. going to leave the organization and run away with this woman who ripped his heart out of his chest and then she died in his arms so it actually it makes sense why he's so cold and doesn't really get into women later why he is a womanizer because he's not willing to get close to any woman ever mm. again
1: i was thinking how that like sets up all those future relationships that he might have of yeah. like oh like because he was even hesitant at first with her, right? Like, he was kind of guarded, and, and that was their whole kind of interplay on the train we were talking right, about. Right, right. And then, and then, you know, he kind of lets his guard down even just a little bit, and it turns out, you know, she was kind of double-crossing him. And
0: Right. And even if she wasn't, she died. Like, he, he put himself <laughs> out there, and mm-hmm. yeah, she betrayed him. Turns out, maybe not so much. She was being played as well. But regardless, she died, so... Mm-hmm obviously he's left with this feeling that yeah you know love isn't worth it stick to your job stick to your duty women are just these things mm. to be used basically mm. which for better or worse but it it at least gives some context to when he is such a dick to women later
1: that's one yeah. big pro
0: to watching this one first
1: He he's very uh, focused on the mission because even like in that movie we had the context of the first woman he was seducing he he literally left the minute that he got intel from her, <laughs> yeah, like and left her for she was then tortured yeah, and murdered and right him, after. Yeah. yeah, and and he didn't seem affected by that really at all, right? Like he um, he was still, pl- but
0: you get the feeling with Craig's, and I think that that's what sets him apart from the other actors. He's just a better actor. Like he says he doesn't care, but he does.
1: You can when tell he, a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I do care, but I'm gonna say I don't. Like this is the choice i've made Mm -hmm. like the role he's playing is the hero who's this blunt instrument and i can't let myself feel that so i'm not going to stick to the mission i'm gonna drink my whiskey drive my cars go to wherever the mission like i'm never gonna sit and think about it for a second like it sucks that she's dead i'd rather she didn't but i'm not gonna sit around long enough to cry or think about it i'm on to the next mission
1: this isn't something that we need to get into right now, but something to bring up uh, throughout this maybe is like how this relates to toxic masculinity and a lot of a lot of things like that. Because James Bond is is seen as like you know the idol, right? Like he's too cool to even like touch, right? Like you're like oh he has he literally has next year's tech and he like looks so cool and he's you know bond um James yeah. Bond like he, he is fucking cool but then you like the you're talking about his relationships with women and how he's like doesn't give himself any time to reflect or have emotions and they talk in this movie about how um what's her name the Vesper girl is like yeah like they MI picks up these like really damaged men who I, I, that's <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because
0: often just because he exists a lot of people say that you're setting a standard for this toxic, masculine character. But it comes at a price. He's damaged. He's filled with scars. He has no social life. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have kids or a wife or anybody to go home to. Like, it's it's an idea. Yeah,
1: I can't connect to women without them being killed.
0: Exactly. Like, I think you're right. It does talk about toxic masculinity, but it also shows the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's a pro- be a dick james bond kind of character because like it's almost like when uh did you ever watch um Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People
0: hated that or critiqued it for glorifying that. I'm glorifying it. The man is um, like, granted, he didn't go to prison, but like, fuck that. I don't want that
1: life. And like, more recently, the the Joker movie, there was all a controversy that it would glorify, you know, incel culture into revolution. Like all this stuff that's like.
0: That's not glorifying it. No, it's. Like, that's such a low bar. Like, give the audience more credit mm-hmm. like i don't see that like i i admire his coolness but i don't want to i don't want his life are you kidding me like i mm. i model my drinking habits off him a little bit but i don't want to like <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I like having friends, and I certainly don't have the duty to my country that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just this ridiculous patriot who's willing to get his balls destroyed and have his girlfriend
1: murdered for yeah. his country. Like, and that's the thing is, he doesn't even feel like a person in a lot of, Like, it's so dehumanizing what he does, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But we should keep talking about that
0: throughout, because... Yeah, that's why I, I
1: wanted to bring it up now. I
0: do want to challenge that idea. Not just in Bond, but in general, when there is a character who portrays toxic masculinity or glorifying drug abuse or mm-hmm. uh, manipulating <laughs> stocks or whatever to become rich, like mm-hmm. that's not glorifying it because there's almost always, even in a Scorsese movie or a James Bond movie, there are consequences. So when people are talking about that it glorifies it, they don't often say... Oh, but also it really sucks to be that guy Mm because they have multiple divorces or dead women in your past or no kids or your parents disowned you or are dead or (laughs) like he's an orphan. He's fucked up. Nobody should want to be him. You might aspire Mm -hmm. to like look as cool, but nobody wants to be fucking James Bond.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we should continue to bring it up because I, I think maybe and I'm not as familiar with, you know, James Bond fans and all this stuff but like i feel like some people probably are like yeah i do want to be james bond you know yeah. definitely and like i think those people stuff like
0: that too uh, buddy i wish it was just teens there are <laughs> man children out there yeah, who yeah, do who like, like that I and you're right james that is bond. bad but they're not looking at it through a critical eye well and enough
1: that, that's why we need to talk about it right agreed
0: exactly that, well there you go <laughs> that should be something that we do talk about <laughs> yeah B- because that's one of the gripes I have with society's view of these films is that he's just this toxic masculine character, but I'm like, but he's sad and lonely Mm -hmm. and there are consequences for that. It it comes at a price.
1: I I feel like the first layer and what everyone is trying to sell about James Bond is that he's the coolest freaking man in the world. Right. And then the second layer is like toxic masculinity. And then the third layer is being, uh, you know, Toxic masculinity, but there is the context and the damage and like we can actually talk about it You know what I mean? Right in
0: literature or film or any kind of art like to have a good There's always a balance You can't be the coolest ideal without having something negative Also, you give
1: up a lot yeah. you give
0: up a, right to be that cool. Yeah, yeah calculated guy It takes a price you guys. I saw those abs. that takes a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Roger Moore does not have those abs. Once we watch some of those ones, like the less jaded Bond, I think those people have more of an argument, more of a womanizer, not a lot of consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, like when he's trying to bring Vesper back to life there, like nobody wants to be that guy there.
1: No. No. Like, well, maybe
0: people do who have who life has never touched. If you've never lost anybody, if if you've never known anyone who died and don't really know what that feels like, maybe you still want to be that person just to be
1: a glorious hero. But no real person wants to be that guy. Yeah, but it's just, like, you know, all the other scenes in the movie, like, he's, like, so freaking cool, right? Like, he, like, um, almost dies from poison and cardiac arrest and then goes and wins, like, a hundred it, million and wakes poker up game. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he, I
0: love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, there's so, like, it's yeah. James Bond. Like, he's cool. Oh, I'm not taking away from, he is the epitome of yeah, cool yeah, to me. Yeah,
0: But it's unreachable, and that's good. You. Yeah. I don't know. I also look at heroes and characters like this as unreachable they're like you know it's he's he is on the mount rushmore of cool but none of us can achieve that and we shouldn't want to mm-hmm. it's just something
1: to sort of aspire to but to check you can see like what the price is like like we keep going back to exactly. of, like to be that unaffected it's like self you really focus on yourself you know obviously in this case it's you have to be damaged right right we just sort of
0: glossed over Lashif. that actor is awesome He does so yeah, many yeah. subtle things which a lot of the best villains do When he's taken his bow tie off and he folds it up and sticks it in his pocket as yeah. he's swinging the rope around man, I really like that. That man. is so cool. I love little choices like that Like you gotta wonder sometimes did a director tell him to do that or did he just decide to do that? That's mm. really cool.
1: Yeah, I think he played the villain well. Yeah, yeah. I think it just could have, um, yeah, it could have been just more backstory for him yeah, a little sure. bit or something. But. Yeah,
0: that's that's the problem with movies.
1: We're in a culture that appreciates shows more because
0: of all the backstory. All the, yeah. Like these shows nowadays, even miniseries, it's like a 10 hour movie. You have so much more time.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: So it is hard for a movie to really uh, get into all the extra characters for sure.
1: And character depth, yeah.
0: So for the longest time, this movie. Like, I went through a blip, like I said, when I was kind of checked out of the Bond universe, because Die Another Day was so bad. And this one was really good, but it confused the hell out of me. What did you think of the last 30 minutes? Like, a- after mm. La Chief died, did you not feel like the movie was over? And then, shit, we've got 40 minutes
1: to go? Because that's a frequent complaint of this movie. I did. I did think it was over. I didn't know how much was left. I'm glad that you ended up pausing it and I could pee <laughs> in that time. Yeah. Because I was, you know, going to hold it till the end because I thought it was almost over. It feels like it's over. It feels like it's over. But I i mean, whenever there's like a double, triple cross, it feels a little cheesy, right? And like anything you do. Right. But I think it was well done considering.
0: It, it is. it. I don't know. I've thought about it a bunch. There are still three acts. It's just... It's so, the, this movie was advertised as this big poker game. And Lashif is the villain. So it feels like the natural end when that's over. But if you step back and look at the whole story, it is so essential that he has that double cross to build his character going forward. Mm-hmm. To have that dagger in the side from Vesper. Yeah, yeah. And putting himself out there, willing to quit and all that for this woman. Like, that's so Mm -hmm. essential going forward for James Bond's character. But it is... It's such a high, that car chase and the torture scene, and then frolicking in a hospital bed. And... And then in Venice and sailing and like, wait, what is
1: this still going on? <laughs> yeah, it was like, why are you spending so much time on this? Like, you know, epilogue stuff. That weird
0: little scene with the banker from Switzerland, Mendel. <laughs> uh, I really liked, I really liked <laughs> me too. That, uh, yeah. like,
1: lovely little uh, comic relief. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, did you bring any chocolate? As if Switzerland is only chocolate and money. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is... and he
0: just does this awkward laugh and then that close up of Bond's reaction to it. Kind yeah, it. It's so yeah. one note i made that i wanted to uh, i should have talked about it in our intro episode but one of the things i like about the series in general is that it respects and like leans into every aspect of filmmaking and i thought that's something that you would like 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 i already mentioned the stunts and mm-hmm. like they do everything right they spare no expense there's this quote from cubby brockley who was the original producer we'll talk more about him in the future but he he asked his uh, set designer how much it's going to cost to build this layer for a certain villain. I forget which movie it was. And he was like, one point whatever million dollars. He's like, ah, whatever. Do it. Like, nowadays, we'll, we'll settle it in post. They just shoot anything mm-hmm. on a green stage and... It's all done with a computer. Every movie nowadays is a cartoon. It's all animation, glorified Mm -hmm. animation. They spared no expense. They had the best cinematographers, the best set designers, the best stunt doubles, the best lighting guys, the best uh, scouts who would travel the world for the year leading up to the movie to pick the best locations to Mm -hmm. tell this story. And they would travel the world to shoot it rather than building. They didn't build Egypt in the Mojave Desert outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. They actually went to Egypt. In yeah. yeah,
1: you yeah. were saying it was all, like, uh, mostly filmed on location, right? Yeah. Like, in Vienna and all this stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. They actually traveled there to shoot
1: it. That's pretty sweet.
0: And in the old movies, it really works. Now, it, like, in Casino Royale, it's a bit harder to really notice it or appreciate it because they've gotten so good at faking shit and making everything look so good that they could have done that anywhere. Like, they usually film New York and Toronto now, and it just looks like New York. Yeah. (laughs) You don't really question it. But back, like, if you watch a movie from the 60s, and you're looking for it, you can tell if that was made on the Warner Brothers set, or the Disney set, like on the studio lot, Mm -hmm. or if it was actually shot out on location somewhere. You can Mm -hmm. really tell. And you'll notice, because there's some stuff... Like in Goldfinger, there's some stuff that's clearly shot out in Austria or at Pinewood Studios in a on a closed lot somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's really obvious. Mm-hmm. And I don't to go that extra mile. I don't know. I just respect it. I guess does it tell this? I don't know if it tells a better story or if I just respect the effort and the sparing no expense to give you a really good product. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they don't cut corners, which I like a lot.
1: I feel like there's like a wow factor to it, right? Like you're like, oh man, like that's Vienna, you know? For yeah, me, yeah. it's exactly. like, oh, that's really cool. I get to see that, you right? Know?
0: Yeah, you'll when uh, when they made Doctor No it was '62, and by and large, people still weren't traveling much, not by plane. Like your average citizen didn't take a flight to Cuba or the Dominican every year. Mm-hmm. They didn't go south. They didn't they didn't go to Disney World or whatever. So, So there's like this scene, it's like five minutes or so, more time than would normally be spent on a movie today. A Bond just walking through an airport because it's sexy and exotic. It's crazy. Look at this guy in an airport. It's just so (laughs) neat. Like, oh my God, he can just fly anywhere. Look at him going to Jamaica, lighting a cigarette and getting a cab and all of this shit. Yeah. 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 It puts you somewhere. In your sad ass life, you can never go.
1: <laughs> it's especially relevant now that uh, we're yeah, we're with COVID, Jesus, yeah, twenty twenty
0: one. Yeah, but anyway, I thought you'd appreciate that—that that, like your Marvel, your regular Marvel movie. All they care about is asses and mm-hmm. seats, and making as much money as possible. They don't necessarily—they're like, not going to go to a certain location to get the best shot. They do everything in post. Mm-hmm. It's all about profit period, rather than tell, it's not even, I don't want to overstate it because with Bond, it's certainly not always about telling the best story, but
1: it's about, no. it's about like kind of sparing no expense, right? Like it's always yeah, at the it's coolest a most. Yeah. Spectacle is a good word. Yeah. 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 It's giving it's you an flashy. adventure.
0: It's escapism. And in not such an outrageous way that we've seen through, uh, superheroes and stuff. Like it's, it's a really, nice satisfying version of escapism Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a somewhat realistic guy who can save the day (laughs) go to all these exotic locations it is especially craigs bond it is (laughs) i say this as a 33 year old man it's slightly comforting thinking that people like that exist like there isn't an iron man there isn't a superman but that there might be a guy like that who is out on the ground stopping bad people from doing things <laughs> like i don't believe it really mm-hmm. but it's a realistic escapism rather than diving mm-hmm. into a comic book or whatever like
1: i guess in terms of like uh you know action movies and like this kind of stuff like bond is more realistic than yeah like batman or right. any marvel DC, just, any of this stuff
0: like i said how it takes place like a year in the future it's kind of like that like it mm-hmm. i doubt there's any agent that's as cool or as capable as him but it's
1: not out of the realm of possibility i mean since bond is such a thing there's probably people who are like you know there's agents that want to be cool like bond. sure oh there's definitely dicks walking around with omega
0: watches and driving mm-hmm. stupid cars and i think that's the other thing like so funny i admire it so much and i love the clothes and all that we were talking about that while we were watching it but if i knew that guy in real life i think he was a dick like
1: yeah definitely yeah
0: it's just that character pulls it off so much better than anybody can like there's this Mm -hmm. whole cosplay culture of bond fandom people who like wear his outfits Mm. from the movies and i might do that on halloween but i can't pull it off like guys there's only one
1: bond and he exists in fiction yeah yeah it's an ideal. It can't actually exist in real life. And, and like we were talking about a bunch earlier, it's like he's not really someone to aspire to be, right? Like... Right. It's just you're glad he's out there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's just like... Hmm. It'd be awful to know. Like He's not a good friend. You wouldn't want your sister <laughs> to date him. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like... No. In, in that way, it's kind of like um, a character study, right? You, like, you look at yeah, this guy who's. It's... Um, you know, this is the situation he's in. This is like, you know, what he's going through and stuff like that. And you're just like seeing this damaged person try to like, like coping, you right, know, but right. by, by throwing himself into the most ridiculous, stressful like work possible, basically. Yeah, it's up there.
0: <laughs> That'll be interesting to explore more as we go through it. I could talk about Vesper all day. She's usually uh, mm. when I'm ranking my Bond girls, she's usually number one. That's another reason I didn't want to start with this one is getting her out of the way early. I love her, even though, like Vaughn, I know she doesn't actually exist. (laughs) It's okay. One of the hard things with what we're doing here with the angle on this podcast is you having not seen any of them is the no context thing. Like, I can't compare it to other things just yet. We're going to build that up, though. Yeah, that's right. That's the journey. What do you want to know more of? Are you excited about what's next? What's to come?
1: I I am just excited to see more. Yeah, I'd like to see James Bond in more contexts. And um, especially because I don't have any understanding beyond Daniel Craig. Well, you have
0: to do Quantum after Casino Royale because it's the only one of the whole series that's in immediate. Like the Quantum of Solace begins like five minutes after Casino Royale ends. You know how that one ended with him shooting Mr. White in the leg. Name's yeah, Bond, James yeah. Bond. It picks up with Mr. White in his car as they're driving away.
1: Like oh, it's okay. right after, right after. So, yeah. yeah,
0: so we got to watch that one. But then yeah. we'll we'll we're not coming back to Craig for like 18 movies. Frick. <laughs>
1: All right, well, that's gonna <laughs> well, be interesting.
0: As well, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But it was it was a really weird choice they did with Skyfall because he goes from Quantum where I'm just. I'm this agent, I'm ready to focus now, I'm going to get to work, to Skyfall, where he's like old and grizzled and jaded and washed up, ready to quit. It just doesn't make sense going from that one to the other, so we got to watch some other ones. If we're going to go with this... To get him jaded, yeah. Yeah, if we're going to go with this following his career theory that I'm trying Mm. to put out. All right. any other thoughts on Casino Royale?
1: Mm. What stood
0: out or lacked? Any, uh, Uh.
1: Any big issues with it? uh nothing that i haven't talked about already really i mean i like the poker game thing i just that that's something that works for me like having a big game like that at the that's end but awesome.
0: yeah I, I like that too and that's often like, i think unfairly a lot of people criticize
1: the movie for it's all just a big poker game i'm like the po- it wasn't even as big part of the movie as no, I no it's like, like 20 minutes or so and but like I, a few months ago everyone was watching uh queen's gambit right that, <laughs> yeah. that whole show is just about just chess yeah. and i I love that show. Yeah, me too. It's really
0: good. And that's such a, how do I say this (laughs) in a polite way? It's like a dumb person's version of a smart comment. Like, it's just about, it's not just about, like to say, like watching. They they literally
1: interrupt the poker game constantly to like, you know, get shot at or get poisoned or whatever. Which is more boring
0: than the looks that they're exchanging during the poker game. There's more action happening like character-wise and story-wise in the poker game than there is in the mm. awesome elaborate set pieces like yeah. i love that stuff too but
1: daniel craig's looks that he's shooting across the table at LaShief, that's what it's all about man if the movie was two hours of them playing poker i would watch it me too <laughs> yeah. fucking right i would yeah. sign me up yeah i would <laughs> definitely watch it.
0: not like i love the stunts and i love all the mm. action scenes too uh we were a little distracted during it, unfortunately, but the uh, when they were fighting in the stairs, mm-hmm. the uh, Africans who come to chop off the lady's hand <laughs> because he lost all uh, of yeah. uh, their money and then there the machete fight down the stairs do you remember that scene like that is a really cool fight scene that is really unique and Mm -hmm. super hard to shoot the choreography there must have been crazy because she's like just staying one step ahead of them the whole way like that's pretty innovative and really cool Mm -hmm. so i do like the action scenes but i agree with you a whole movie of just and that's actually you might like the books because so much of the books is just that him Mm -hmm. eating. Scrambled eggs and drinking booze and playing backgammon and bridge.
1: That sounds like my kind of of book, my kind of story.
0: And just being a curmudgeon, arguing with M. They're awesome (laughs) for that. That's fun. Yeah, much less action for sure. What would you give that movie out of 10? Out of 10? Like I... I've gone back and forth on this one a lot. Like I told you in the intro, uh, this was my favorite for a long time. It's definitely not now, but I still love it. It's one of the only ones, there's there's like five maybe, that if my sister, who isn't a Bond fan, wants to watch... Like, she knows I love Bond, which one should I watch? I'd probably say this one, maybe Mm -hmm. Skyfall or a couple other ones. But there's very few that are accessible to the general public. This Mm -hmm. one is that. Like, you don't need to watch any other Bond movie Mm -hmm. or to know the formula, all the stuff, all the minutia we're talking about. You don't need any of that to enjoy this movie. So it gets a lot of points for that, but it's missing a lot of stuff that I love about the whole series, about the whole franchise.
1: You have to get deeper to get all those little. Yes, things. exactly.
0: So I don't know how to rank this or
1: rate this movie. I mean, to give it just like a general safe starter ranking, I'm going to say seven out of ten because mm. it's it's good. I don't have much to compare it to in terms of Bond movies. In terms of other movies, it's not usually what I would want to watch anyway but it's
0: good let me ask you that compared to i mean you don't typically watch this kind of movie but did Mm. you find that it actually has any more effort put into it or depth or character development or anything like then have you ever seen any mission impossible movie or a diehard movie or fucking garbage one like transformers or any of those or a marvel movie yeah
1: yeah I definitely
0: do you do you get a sense from just watching one of the history behind it? Do you get that there's creative forces behind it who want to tell a bigger story?
1: <laughs> for me, I think, and this is part of what I did like about the new Marvel movies is that I think a lot of value for me comes from watching the same or similar stuff again or like expanding on the same stuff so with bond what is attractive to me is that there is all of these you know this backlog these multiple movies of the same you know guy what? and the same I, stuff i'm so excited to get into some of these old ones <laughs> yeah. with you it's going to be awesome because <laughs> i think that's what's cool because like on the surface marvel movies and james bond and you know die hard or whatever it is just There's an action. They have to set things up and and resolve them out and they need to satisfy the audience in whatever way they're going to do it. Um, But it is the larger picture that I get value out of, I find, or what I enjoy.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see how all of that comes together. I don't know if I want to give it a rating. I mean. You already know, so. I used to think it was perfect. And it, man, it is good. It is really good. He is awesome. Daniel
1: Craig? Yeah. Yeah
0: in this movie in particular like he's so confident and cool and natural to it like mm-hmm. you just believe that character everybody in it like the acting is better that's something that's different than say your mission impossible movies or Marvel. there's no it's not a lot of camp or quipiness yeah. like it's it's done with a lot of authority and i don't know how
1: to Articulate it. Like, it it's like they're just doing it better, right? Like if, if I was gonna watch a movie like this I would watch bond over mission impossible or whatever, you know, Jason right. Bourne I don't give a crap Born about any it. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, like if I'm gonna watch a Flashy spectacle cool guy action movie right bond is the it's, one
0: right they well they set the formula like mm-hmm. they created it and it's like they just set a higher bar every time. Like, they go the extra mile, mm-hmm. whereas everybody else cuts corners. <laughs> either yeah. either with cinematography or the script or the acting, it seems like often the other guys cut corners. And, and this one in particular, no, no corners were cut. Mm-hmm. Like, they went for it in every sequence. So with that, yeah, I, I usually give it an 8 or a 9, probably. It used to, it used to be perfect for, but it's it's missing some of the stuff that I love about Bond. Like as a movie itself, it's a desert island one probably. It's Hmm. it's one that I would just put on most days.
1: Mm -hmm. You have a bit of emotional attachment to it.
0: Yeah, not as much as a couple others. Like it's not the first. Like if I could only bring one Bond movie, if if there's only one that I could watch the rest of my life, it wouldn't be Casino, Casino Royale.
1: What would it be? We
0: won't be seeing that one for a while. <laughs> okay, you. you <laughs> and it might problem. change. Okay. That, and it did just change a year or two ago. I don't want to give away the whole podcast. Either. Sure, sure. <laughs> but we'll build but up. To I'll, that. I'll say eight. Screw it. We'll we'll uh, we'll reassess maybe once we've watched a few of them yeah. or all of them, and we'll we'll kind of we'll put them in context. We'll rank them, see how we're feeling about them after mm. we've put a few behind us. Yeah, but that's a good start. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You feel good. Feels good to me. All
0: right, man. We'll see everybody on the next episode with Quantum of Solace. For now, bon voyage. Oh, perfect. Bon voyage, everybody.